0: just get ready for a lot of no's and don't be don't be afraid of the no don't don't dwell on the no right it's all part of the process um know it can be a struggle especially being human beings right when you set your mind on something and it just doesn't come through right just keep pushing keep pushing that's yes will definitely come that's one 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 thing that can change everything will definitely come
1: Hey guys, this is Mac from Founder Africa, and today we're talking to the co-founders of Pivo. So Pivo is a startup from Lagos, Nigeria that makes financial services easily accessible for truck owners and truck drivers by providing a bank account, debit card, and digital invoicing tools so that they can get paid faster and avoid cash flow problems. They even recently got into Y Combinator, that's one of the world's largest startup accelerators. How did you guys come up with the idea for PIVO and what were you guys doing prior to launching your startup?
2: Um, I'll talk a bit about what I was doing before the startup, Have Ijama do the same, and then we can just dive into how we came up with the idea for PIVO, right? Um, so before PIVO, I was working at um, another technology company called copo 360. Cobo 360 is a logistics marketplace for Africa. And I was working as the head of port operations at the time. Um, and yeah, that's that's essentially what I was doing. Um, while also, I mean, before working at Cobo, I had launched a previous startup that was in the logistics space. What we were doing was on-demand delivery. Um, and that, interestingly enough, got acquired by Cobo 360 because we were using smaller assets like bikes, uh, mini mini tricycles. And then we wanted to sort of like move into using larger cargo for the larger assets for delivery. So trucks, vans and the like, and we got acquired by Kabul. Before that, before my very first foray into the startup space, I worked as a consultant for the Electoral Commission um, of Nigeria, just essentially helping the commission use technology to help make the electoral process more efficient. Um, and yeah, that's a bit about what I was doing uh, before I started uh, Pivo with Ijama. Um, so, Ijama, do you want to talk a bit about your, your background as well?
0: Great. So, hi, Macphail. Uh, my name is Ijama. Um, prior to Pivo, um, I had close to a decade of experience in the legal space. Trained, qualified as a lawyer in Nigeria. You know first three years worked in law firms and you know grew through the rather rose through the ranks um while i was doing that i had my own private law firm where i had my own clients um again while i was still doing that i got pushed and hired to work in one of the largest civil engineering companies in nigeria as that in-house legal counsel and i worked in that role for about six years so everything had pretty much been you know traditional in that sense um, around that time too, uh, most of my clients were you know startups. <clears throat> I was helping them get incorporated, helping them with their due diligence, helping them negotiate their deals with investors and the likes, uh, which made me curious about you know, what else I could do as a lawyer in the tech space apart from the paper pushing. Um, luckily for me, being friends with Incura and, you know, having having a lot of friends too already in the tech space. Um yeah, a particular friend of mine was very instrumental to you know changing the trajectory of my life. Basically, oh, wow. he was like, you know, you're always asking me about what tech is all about. Come and see what this tech is about. You know, my 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 office has been commissioned by the MacArthur Foundation to build out a software to um, track retail corruption in the administration of criminal law in Nigeria. And um, yeah, I was brought on board as a lead processes consultant for that project which was around like 2015 to I worked on it for three years, 2015 to 2018. And um, that's where I, I, I had that, you know, firsthand experience of what building software was all about, you know, literally building something out of nothing. On the one hand, I was working with the developers, helping them build out the use cases, you know, screen, you know, processes flow and the, and the likes to help, you know, build out the software. On the other hand, I was more or less like, you know, um, training any user that would have to use the software getting their feedback going back to the developers to tell them okay this is what our users are saying and the likes um so after that i decided i was going to get my master's in you know software development and um yeah i went ahead to get my master's in software development and i guess at the point where you know people was now born so yeah
1: so what was your experience launching pivo um Did things immediately pick up upon launch? Was it like a dark period before you know things started working?
2: Yeah, so um, I mean before we even talk about that experience, right, I think one of the one of the key things that led to us even like building PIVO was a clearly identified and pressing need right um from from my experience working at Cobo three sixty It was the idea that there are a lot of these um, SME transporters slash vendors, right, that have all of these business that are doing all of these transactions, but there was usually a cash flow problem, right? Um, And what that essentially means, and and they typically would have these cash flow problems because they are having to, to shoulder the responsibility of long payment terms with their end customers, Right. Even if some cases, um, these end customers shorting their payment terms to at best, let's say one week, right? Um, there's always the cash flow problem, especially if there's not a huge influx of like liquidity, right? So that was the problem that I had noticed, right? Um, that that theme was also um, common, even with Ijama's role while she worked at Gilmore engineering right where there was a situation where you have all of these contractors or vendors who would always have liquidity issues because if after they deliver their service if they don't get paid immediately um there's the issue of how can I continue to have an influx of cash so that I can continue to deliver for you right um and yeah that was just the need that we saw Um, even before people, even while we were building Source Pro, which was a source to procurement platform for agro-commodities, you give aggregators purchase orders, supply these trucks of cocoa to Cadbury, right? And there was always that cash flow problem, right? And so we just dug a bit deeper to figure out why is it that these guys are having these cash flow slash liquidity issues? And we just narrowed that into two things, Number one, they need help with payments because a lot of their transactions at the beginning are super capital intensive, right? They are paying like third party suppliers, they are paying paying their staff, paying their drivers and all of these things, right? So they need help with figuring out how to streamline that payment process. Um, And number two, they also need help with, with getting paid. Right. If I deliver a service, how can you help me get paid faster than my end customer? Right. Um, So we narrowed that down into that, into these two sort of like themes. And then we just investigated deeper. Right. Um, And yeah, that's essentially what led into us building people. Can we build a smart bank that helps these guys pay and get paid quicker?
1: Okay. so I think what I'm getting here is like you guys. Um, you guys were actually solving a problem that you knew existed, and people were actually people actually needed a solution for. It. So you guys were not just you know experimenting or 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 just trying to see if it actually works, but you guys knew that this 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 was something that was needed.
2: We knew what we were building. Um, we knew the problem existed, and so we were building for that problem. It wasn't a case that we were creating a problem and then creating a product, right? And then the second thing also is because we were in close proximity to the people that this problem was affecting, right? So it was just a case of, hey, we know that you guys need this. Here it is. Try it out, right? Um, And then there was like referrals. There was putting it within our network. So on a scale of one to 10, I'll probably say it was six out of 10 to get that first initial set of users, first initial traction and first momentum going, um, I don't think it was it was that difficult. Again, because we knew it was a real problem, we knew the problem was affecting, and we were in close proximity to those people.
1: So, like, how did you guys how did you guys meet, and like, what advice would you give like other people that were looking for like co founders for their startup? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Uh, so, how did
0: we meet um, in Kyrgyz? <laughs> Gets crushed my birthday party about eight nine years ago, and yeah, we, we became friends so that we had mutual interests. And one of the common themes, or a common theme of our, our friendship, is that we like to build things. We like to build businesses, right? Whether it's super serious or it's um, fun, right? Um, so yeah, that, that, that's how we met uh so advice to anyone seeking co-founders to be honest there's no one size fits all sort of way for seeking co-founders it's just a matter of you know at that point of uh, point in time where that need has you know, you know the, the need has arisen you know, or, or arose right it's a matter of okay what's what are the issues here do our interests align you know um do our various strengths and weaknesses um are there synergies exactly? Are there synergies between us that can enable us, you know, facilitate whatever it is that you know our, our mind has been put to? So that, that's what I think you know can be applied to every situation, right? But at the same time, you know, in a startup life, especially in the tech space, you know, the, the founders or the co-founders you seek are probably CEO, CTO, CEO, and you know, basically the C suits, right? And again, I think. I have been lucky with Kiru and well, rather we've just been lucky with each other in that, you know, we we seem to have possessed a little bit of everything, right? So in as much as we don't have certain roles filled yet, but <laughs> permit me to be religious right now, by the grace of God, we've been able to like pull through and, you know, you know, be pulled in different directions and still get the work done. So my advice to any founder out there looking for a co-founder is, you know, at that point in time, what do you need? And it's a matter of just, you know, the right people that are around you or somebody who just show up one way or the other. And it's like, you know, that's just what it's meant to be. So, I'm curious, do you have anything to add?
2: No, I think that's correct. Just find someone who has complementary skills, um, especially skills that you, you don't have. Um, find someone that you can trust. Find someone that you can be radically honest with um and yeah i think that's uh, that's that's the best way to approach it
1: so at what stage would you say your startup is right now are you guys pre-product market fit or are you guys like post-product market fit now
2: yeah so we're post-product i um, focusing on scaling and growth uh, now
1: So have you guys always had that um, product market fit or has it been like a journey to get to that point? Or like upon launch, did you guys just um just have that, just, just just have that place in the market already?
2: Um so I think we've always just had that. Um I think I think one of the key things about you know getting to product market fit right from the jump again is just like understanding the problem and building for the same, right? Um, yeah, and I, and I think that's essentially what it is. Um, I can give an example of another company that you know right from the jump had put out market fit, and that was Paystack, right? You understand that a lot of these businesses need to collect payments online, and that infrastructure just doesn't exist, right? And so you build that, and then there's the stickiness, and then there's the there's the multi, multi, multiplication effect, right, of that stickiness. Um, so I think we've 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 always always had that.
1: So how did you guys get into YC? Uh,
2: that's that's an interesting question. Um, you know literally we, we we with Pivo, we even have to apply twice. Um, I, but we got in on the second application. Um, I know a lot of people give a lot of cliche advice also because I've, I've seen read and watched a lot of that cliche advice that says, oh, just have traction. Um, you know, just know how to sell your story, be solving a big problem and blah, 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 right? Um, but to be honest, I think when it comes to YC, um, I think one of the real hacks is to get applied to YC when you don't really need it, right? Um, because with that, it's a case of, oh, these people have actually grown their product they are actually recording revenue right they really don't need us so why don't we just back them and help them fly right i think one of the hacks we apply to yc when you don't need it how do you know when that would be is when you have product market fit when you are recording revenue when your numbers are like justifiable right people can see your numbers and be like wow you're actually doing really cool shit right um, so I think that's literally like one of the hacks. Number two, another hack would probably be like keep applying. If you know that you want that validation, if you know that you want that quote unquote stamp of approval, which apparently that's what YC gives, like keep applying. Apply once you don't get in, apply the second time, you know, third time might just be the chart, right? Third time might just be the actual numbers that will blow them away. Um and yeah, that's that's essentially it. Um, conversations around or, or tips around the application itself. Um, just be direct, right? YC doesn't want to be blown by too many words, too much mumbo jumbo. Just be direct about the problem, be direct about your solution, be direct about why you're the ones to build it, be direct about the future, be direct about why it's a big problem, and be direct about the traction you have so far. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's literally my, my, my advice, my two cents. Uh, Isha, is there anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, the only thing I'd like to add is just, you know, again, is keep it short and simple and be clear about who your target customers are. Be clear about, you know, why YC's goal, to be honest, is to, to build the next generation of billion dollar companies. So go in or apply with that faith or that, you know, um, more well, or less f- facts and data backing up, you know, why, how you can achieve being that company. Um, and like Nkira mentioned, again, if it's something that is important to you, keep applying. You can never tell when, you know, it will be a yes. So,
1: so how was your experience fundraising, you know, after joining YC?
0: Um, so after joining YC, he said... It has been an interesting, interesting journey, to be honest, because like anyone would say, or you know, and Kiri mentioned before, OIC has this stamp of approval that gives you like a global um, the, the, the global stage that you you know you want your company to to be on, right? And you know, the the strategy changes or the table, the tables turn. It's not a matter of you cold emailing investors. It's not a matter of you having to chase <laughs> to chase the bag, right? Now, literally, it's the bag that is chasing you. It is the investors that are chasing you, right? Um, however, the advice being given is focus on your work. Do your work. Let your number speak for itself, right? Um, it can be very distracting when you have like investors, you know, reaching out to you trying to set up meetings. It can be time distracting and time wasted because a lot of conversations and you don't know which one will close or which one will still drag on for long, right? And taking into consideration this so-called, you know, the winter period that we're in right now, you really do not want to be expending a lot of energy and time on conversations that do not lead to a closed check. Right? So it's been a it's been a different terrain, honestly speaking. Um, the fact that we have investors reaching out to us now, wanting to like they're the ones going out to do their research about pivo and messaging us, you know, oh, I read about you know, you guys read about you know the products, interesting product, you know, and all of that the achievement so far. Can we have a conversation? And you know, it, um the speed in which we have the conversations now is it's not nobody's giving you the runaround, right? Everybody's clear from the jump about what the expectations are. So after the first meeting, it's a matter of, yes, we want to continue or no, we don't want to continue. So it saves you a lot of time. So that's how things have changed.
1: So, like, what advice would you give to, like, anyone that, you know, wants to start their own startup?
2: Uh, I think my advice would probably be um, just start, Right. Um, I think a lot of things that, one one mistake that people typically make is you want to wait for like perfection of your product, right? Um, You want to wait till like, you know, yeah, essentially you want to wait for perfection, right? Before you like start and launch, you want to make sure that all the pieces, all all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. Um, But literally like that is pretty much impossible, right? Um, Number one, you just build the puzzle as you grow, Um, Number two, you build the product as you grow. The only way to build the product as you grow is to launch a product, is to start, right? Um, I think people also say, that, oh my God, I need like $500,000 or $1 million to start. I don't quite agree. I think you can literally start from where you are. Start with even like the scrappiest version of your product and build from there. Um, I think, I think another advice I'd probably give is don't be afraid to, I say, like change the direction of your sales, right? Do not be so hard pressed on like the idea that you started with to tackle a problem because they're literally like, there are probably like five other different paths to tackling that problem. There are five other different paths to the goal, the end goal that you, you have, right? So don't be afraid to take, um, or explore whatever path, as far as you know, the goal that you've set for yourself. Um, That's another advice I would give. Um, The third advice I would give like, I don't believe there's any such thing as failure. I really think that there's just lessons, right? Um, And don't be afraid to take those lessons when they come. That lesson can be in in my own, I'll, I'll give my own example. That lesson could be, you know what, stop building this startup, sell it to someone else, work for that person and learn and then you would have the opportunity to build again, right? Um, So don't be afraid. Like, there's no such thing as failures. There's always lessons. Even if you feel, um, like, own it, learn from that, right? I think that's another advice I would give. Um, And, yeah, like, hop on that bandwagon, jump on that adventure. It's a a roller coaster, but it's a fun ride while at it, right? And who knows? You might just be building the next Google, right, Um, or paystack. So yeah, that's, that's my advice.
1: So where do you guys see Pivo in the next you know, five years, 10 years? Um, Where do you like hope to take Pivo?
2: Yeah, I think where we see Pivo in the next couple of years is literally being the digital bank that facilitates trade and supply chain transactions across Africa. Um, and what that essentially means is every single trade transaction, every single supply chain transaction, we want to be able to build the pipes for which all of those transactions flow through um especially as it relates to the sme actors that are the key drivers of those transactions um, so yeah that's pretty much it
0: um, for me i would like to add to the you know the question that you asked on the advice to people that want to like go on this journey of being an entrepreneur right um, just gets ready for a lot of news. And don't be don't be afraid of the no. Don't don't dwell on the no, right? It's all part of the process. Um, I know it can be a struggle, especially being human beings, right? When you set your mind on something and it just doesn't come through, right? Just keep pushing, keep pushing. That's yes will definitely come. That's one 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 thing that can change everything will definitely come, right? Second advice I would have is that you know surround yourself with the right people. Again, a company is like a body, right? Everybody plays their own role. You know, you can, you can do everything, you think you can do everything as an entrepreneur, as a founder, right? But at the same time, the reason why you're building is to ensure that, you know, you're, you're putting the pieces together and you're having the right people that have the right skill sets to like drive those parts, right? So always be on the lookout for the people can adequately handle that. It might be difficult, but it's it's possible. It's very doable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are my two my my other two cents on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey guys, so that's all I had for you today, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast and learned a thing or two, and I hope to see you on the next episode.